everybody, it is Tiffany and Dan, and we are here at Studio 211 and coming at you for our June. Hard to believe we have arrived, but our June. I cannot believe episode. it's June. Yes, it's it's been a it's been a long few months. The days are all completely blurred together. Um, have you had any of these what day of the week is it conversations in I, your house? I have. What day of the week it is? What time is it? Uh, what month are we on? Right. <laughs> when is that meeting? Uh, all those all those things. Yes. Yep. Yep. So by the time this cast reaches y'all, it'll be technically four, four days until the end of our really bizarre 1920 school year. Um, and we thought we'd just take a minute today on the cast to talk about reflecting and talk about what this weird year has been like for all of us. And um, I don't know if you have any uh, reflection practices you do on a normal year, but we thought we'd talk about kind of what that looks like in the, the upside down time of COVID-19. <laughs> right? Yeah. Gosh, where to start? I mean, I think we, we want to look at, uh, you know, first off, what we've, what we've accomplished. Yeah. I mean, even though we haven't accomplished what we thought we were going to accomplish mm -hmm. before, you know, March 13th, uh, we have accomplished a lot. We've we've uh, added some continuity. We've uh, brought uh, our students forward, and I know there's absolutely mixed feelings about grading policies and kids logging in and Zoom all rooms uh, Zoom rooms and yeah. and, and uh, what's the best way to uh, engage kids and and but for what we did, you know, it's I've heard I've heard the word crisis in front of things mm. like teaching and learning. Uh, crisis teaching, cri crisis learning, and actually, I think there's a there's like the Grand Canyon between those two. Mm -hmm. That's that's made it tough, but uh, you, you know, we at the same time we've we've made it through you know through June, and we've we're making it to the end of the school year, and yeah. it's it's very different. But, uh, but but I think we should all be proud of of what we did as well. Yeah, and I think for a lot of our teachers, they should be celebrating um, what they've learned in the past few months and how they have supported their students um, in the past few months. Um, it may not look like what any blog tells you it should look like or what any book says it should look like, but you're in the trenches with your students. You're supporting them. Oftentimes you're helping to support their families. Um, you know, just, just being there for them, maybe in a different capacity, but maybe you're also providing, like Dan said, that, that continuity. Um, they, they have something to rely on that is um, at least a reminder of what normal was and can return to at some point. And so um, we're, I'm really proud. I'm just really proud of what teachers as an entire profession have, have undergone uh, in the past three months. Yeah. So you should be proud too. Take yeah, that minute. We, we, re, we rewrote the book of education yeah. with no notice. And, uh, and, and as much as we want to be like proud and, and celebrate the work that we did you know we're, we're coming back in a few months um, and as as well as we did uh, the last few months we want to do it better because that's what we what we do we have learned I think uh, from this experience and with learning comes new opportunities to, to think about what we could do differently so that's one thing that, that I think we want to challenge everyone to uh, to start thinking about is is uh, okay how did it go now? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and don't don't be hard on yourself. You know, if it didn't go perfectly, probably didn't go perfectly, right? Uh, and then and then what can we start thinking about doing uh, as we look forward to yeah. uh, 
you know, the next challenge of the, you know, the next, the next chapter crop of students <laughs> yeah. walking in that you will not have, you know, have the luxury of having seven months of rapport building. Right. Right. So. And for many of them, they're, you know, their eighth grade year deeply affected by this. And so, um, you know, they are, they're feeling unsure too, and are going to need that reassurance. So yeah. that's, um, you know, it's a lot, of, it's a lot on our plate, but it's, it is doable. It is something that um, the resilience factor and the spirit of our collective teachers are up for that challenge. And you do get a break and you do get some time to reflect and to um, do the self-care that is, of course, necessary. But um, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean we're not keeping our eye on the horizon for the fall and constantly trying to get feedback on where we are and what we want to uh, know and be able to do and know and be able to do just a little bit better. Um, with that in mind, we have been uh, soliciting some feedback uh, in, a, in a multitude of terms. Um, we've had a quick check-in that you did with students. Um, just a couple of quick narrative answers. And then we've had Bright Bites survey going out. We've had distance learning survey going out. So we are getting some feedback. We are, we are. And, and uh, you know, I, just like uh, the experience that of most teachers with students, it's, it's tough, you know, and, and you know, some are, are thriving and, and we may see some students never want to come back to our traditional school, mm -hmm. which is a whole nother discussion. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and we should probably support those students. Uh, most of our students, though, overwhelmingly miss being at school and miss being with you teachers, miss being with their friends, uh, because online learning is tough without that, uh, yeah. without that personal presence of the teacher uh, over their shoulder, uh, you know, and yeah. by their side. And uh, whether it's a, just a reassuring smile or, or the ability for them to uh, ask a, a follow-up question. And so, uh, you know, once we start looking towards, uh, you know, trying to get better at our craft, uh, our distance learning craft, it's, it's going to be uh, important for us to uh, think about some of those things. Clear instructions, mm -hmm. screencasts, uh, you know, and, and if, you, if you haven't done a screencast, uh, you should learn how to do a screencast. Yeah. And I, that's one thing I'll just say as, as, uh, as Dan, as a former teacher uh, in the classroom, I did screencasts way back in the day. I do them with the classes I teach at San Diego State uh, that, that are, have always been online. It's, it's so much better for students to connect that your voice to your class. Yes. Even if you find an expert who's smarter than you, if there is someone not smarter than you, uh, <laughs> that, can, that says it in a, in a way that seems more eloquent, it's, it's, they want to hear you. Yeah. You are that personal connection. That's why uh, teachers are so important in our in our educational system, and no computer system will ever replace your personal presence in yeah. the learning environment, online or in the classroom. Yeah, and I think there's absolutely nothing to uh, there's nothing to be afraid of with screencasts. We've got a couple of different tools um, that we've narrowed it down for you that you could get started with right now. If, if like Dan mentioned, you, you haven't taken the dip in the screencasting uh, pool yet, um, we've got Screencastify and we've got WeVideo, both powerful tools that will allow you to record either just your screen, if maybe you don't want your, your face included, but like Dan mentioned, they love that personal touch too. Um, and we've also done quite a few sessions on screencasting and a couple of them are recorded, so you could watch them anytime. Um, we've got some short little how-to videos and then we've got a full one-hour webinar that you could 
watch. And of course, our DLCs always here, uh, still on on duty, still knocking out uh, questions and and DLC requests uh, daily. So you're not alone, and uh, it's actually really quite fun. And I think rewarding once you know once you get one or two under your belt, they don't have to be long. I think that's the, the fact, best screencasting. In fact, please don't make that long. <laughs> I, I just was doing some reading over the weekend. Six minutes yes. is the ideal length for a screencast. Yeah. You know, do not go over six minutes. Yeah. Even if you have to make three or four to add up to everything you want to do, chunk them. Chunk best them. practice. Yep. Or even two minutes if it's a small thing. Yeah. You know, don't need to go on and on just just because. For sure. Love that. Love that idea. And, and one thing I want to say is that when you listen to your screencasts, you're gonna hate your voice. Sorry, <laughs> you're gonna hate your voice, but you know what? That's how you sound yeah. to everyone. Yeah. You know, I'm sure. You know, I still feel when listening to myself in a podcast or a screencast. Man, I really sound like that. I, I guess so. So we do. Here it's we go. Short aside, uh, your voice is a very. Uh, it's it's a very. Um, I want to say intimate, but it's just, it's such a connection between you and your students. I had been out of the classroom for two or three years, um, had been coaching, and I called into Wings and Things in Santee to, to place an online order, and this is exactly how the conversation went. Young gentleman answers the phone, hi, this is Wings and Things, how can I help you? I said, hi, I'd like to place an order to go. And the young gentleman said, is this Ms. Brown? <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> and I said, uh, yeah, it is. Who is this? And, you know, and we, we had that quick moment, but just maybe it's because my screencasts were longer than seven minutes. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't, don't yeah. know. But, um, yeah, if you are interested in screencasting, let us, let us support you with that because it really, as Dan mentioned, can help, um, help with the instruction struggle that we are hearing is is real. Uh, those written and audio instructions, really powerful for kids. And, and can be used once we're back in the classroom too, because you know, what if, if you present an assignment? You bet. Most often, as soon as you're done presenting the assignment instructions, you're gonna have three hands that go up and say, what are we doing what are now? We doing? Watch the screencast. Yeah, I just right went over, it's right there. Right, there. right, right. <laughs> That doesn't mean give up that instruction right, in front of the classroom, right. but, but that can Kids augment. that are absent have access. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely yeah. a powerful tool. So we'd love to we'd love to support you with that. What other feedback are we seeing, Dan, come in from from these multiple sources? Um, I think I think kids are feeling a little overwhelmed with uh, so many assignments. Okay. So so uh, again, as as we wrap up, we're we're mostly through all the cycles now uh, for this school year, but thinking about. Uh, uh, future in you know future work that we do and and if there's a distance learning component to it uh, consolidating mm. you know a kid, a kid getting 10 assignments in a day on their day and maybe there's 10 things they're doing but when they show up as 10 different assignments uh, it can be it can be overwhelming and and uh, was just talking to uh, a teacher earlier today who who uh, started off that way and and then decided uh, and, and this whole department actually decided that it's better to just have maybe one Google Doc with all the things they're doing for the week, but it's all in one place, so they can always go start there. So they're going off to a web tool, they're going off to a screencast, but it's all listed and nicely yeah. organized in a in a single hyperdoc style uh, document. Yeah. yeah, hub for for the for the week, uh, and that might even be good again in in you know uh, regular uh, you know when we get back to yeah. face to face is putting everything in one place so kids can always access 
access it if they need it. Yeah, you can imagine, you know, every, right now we've got a wide smattering of different places that teachers could be launching instruction from. Um, you might be sending instructions via email, you might be in Schoology, you might be in Google Classroom, you might be in uh, a, a class website, and for every student, there's six of you, you know, as they start their day, they're going through that, um, they're spend, expending a lot of their working memory on just where do I go? Where do I start? Where did I leave off? How do I turn it in here? What's the workflow for this teacher? So the more we can, like Dan mentioned, consolidate or build some coherence around um, you know, where we're asking kids to go, I think that's a really nice gift to offer them. And you know, right now, uh, teachers are giving, you, know, you are giving assignments maybe through Schoology, maybe through Google Classroom, maybe through email, maybe through Remind, maybe through a class website. And and one you know a few students in our student survey uh, actually at you know actually noted that they were getting uh, for their six classes getting assignments from four or five different places, mm. and you know that's not uncommon because we you know when we have them in in school they're walking to sure. every classroom and they're walking in, and and that lens is is broadened and directed by the teacher in that room. And, and you may be doing that, and we may be doing that in this context, but everything's through a 11.4-inch screen, 11.3-inch, mm -hmm. so whatever. Mm -hmm. Everything is through that tiny little Chromebook, uh, and, and it's much harder to find things yeah. uh, in that, through that screen than it is when they walk into your classroom. That's so, fair. That's so, fair so there are some things, you know, uh, you know, if you weren't using Google Classroom or Schoology, uh, we're really going to ask you to consider using Schoology next year yeah. because, uh, you know, a lot more information will follow, but Schoology offers so many more options than any other platform. And then, if everybody's doing it, it's easier for kids. Yeah. There's so much coherence around what the expectation is. Teachers are all on the same platform. Parents can know exactly where to go. Administrators can do a quick check-in for a student, and, and counselors and advisors are able to see, um, you know, what a quick snapshot is. And there's there's really a lot of benefit there. So I think that's that's wise. Um, what's on everybody's mind? What does the fall look like? Right. We, a, we don't a, know. We don't. We don't know. We don't know, and and I don't know that we're going to know right away. Yeah. Uh, we have to listen to the state, right? Uh, the you know they're giving they're giving guidance. The uh, San Diego County Health Department is giving guidance, and and they're right. they're being um, incredibly uh, cautious and maybe conservative. You yeah. know, it's it's been tough. Gosh. Just planning graduations uh, yeah. has been has been really tough. We're not going to really go there, but we, you know the work that our administ administrators are doing around uh, around that is based upon what they're being allowed to do. Yeah. So what happens in in the fall is going to really be based on that. Yeah. You know. With that said, I, I don't know that a vaccine is is in the, our immediate future, and so we have to we have to think that maybe there's going to be some distance learning involved yeah. uh, and hopefully kids can come to school once or twice a week um, you know but but no decisions related to that will be made probably until mid-July yeah. and that's hard I think there's definitely um, there's a, a strong subset of teachers who um, you know 
are, are type A, and I, I will throw myself in there at times that we, we're planners. We like to have things planned out, and we like to, even going into the summer, we like to have everything just ready to go for that first day we come back so that we can actually relax and decompress, and I think planning looks different this year. There's just no other way to say that you're not going to be, um, you're not going to be you're not going to be perfectly planned for the fall. We're, there's there's uncertainty in the air, and um, there is a way to plan in a time of uncertainty. And it's just planning for a couple of different options, and you've done the work on what distance learning looks like, and um, you know now you have a little bit of time to plan uh, what it might look like in a hybrid situation, what it might look like as a slow roll in to having students back in. Um, I don't have any answers. No, but but we are <laughs> going to provide some models and some yeah. some uh, ideals, you know, and some some ways to maybe start thinking about how to structure uh, your courses going forward. You you yeah, you had five weeks between when we closed schools and when we started up, but it really took us a while to yeah. wrap our brain around the pandemic. I mean, there's a, and that's still going on. We're still going to have to grapple with Mm -hmm. that. But there's, it felt much more like an emergency setting uh, during that during that time, and 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 not that that's gone away, but it's not as new and as frightening, uh, because we know how to be careful, you know, and and that's that's what we just have to keep doing is being careful while also looking at how can we provide an enriching experience for our students that's going to help them grow address some of the loss of learning that's occurred yeah uh and then keep keep moving keep moving forward and and you know there's lots of articles out there on like students in new orleans uh, after katrina and how the ones that just focused on skill building up skills uh, the schools that just built you know tried to fix the building up skills actually the kids did worse long term because they needed to keep moving forward and do grade level work mm-hmm. and, and fill in and spiral uh, where they, they could to, to fill those gaps and not just kind of step a few a few steps back and, and try and you know start over. We can't start from semester one, March 13th. Right. We, gotta, we gotta keep moving. So, so look for some, some guidance and some professional learning for those of you yeah. who wanna build up on some of your, uh, uh, your skills because you know, we're gonna do everything in our power to uh, support yeah. You know, the teachers in the Grossmont you know, High School District. Yeah, we don't know what fall looks like, but um, we have some ideas that we're wanting to surface this summer for you guys. Um, you know, we, we are planners too, and, you know, we're kind of stuck in planning for multiple contingencies. And with that in mind, we do have a couple of things um, coming up that are going to be coming out via social media and newsletters and such shortly. But if you're a podcast listener, you get a first bite at this. We're going to be offering a really fun book study this summer. Uh, Matt Miller under Dave Burgess Press has uh, put out Tech Like a Pirate. Uh, You may be familiar with uh, Dave's, you know, ever popular Teach Like a Pirate. Uh, Matt Miller, author of, uh, you know, Ditch That Textbook, Ditch That Homework uh, of that fame, has put out a really great uh, quick little read that I think offers so much heart and so much practicality to what we're doing. Um, The idea behind the book is creating online learning experiences for students, not that um, drill and and worksheet type uh, rote 
DOK1 practice, but really helping to guide experiences for students. And I love that there's a tiny bit of philosophy in there, but it's mostly practical. Like, how do I do this? What does it look like? How do I grade it? How do you know all of the the nuts and bolts? So, Things that are engaging and empowering yes. and get are going to get kids' juices flowing yep. and, and want them to do the work in your class. And and not that you can't you know provide those experience otherwise but we have this incredible tool that every kid every kid has so let's yeah. let's harness the full potential of, of those tools and and uh, get them creating and thinking and building and, sure. and doing doing a whole lot more and, and and it's you know like all the other Matt Miller and Dave Burgess books before it's it's a uh, uh, it's it's something to uh, it's a great resource to yeah. build off of. It's a I call it a friendly read. Like it just when you sit down to read it, it feels like you're sitting with that trusted colleague that gets you. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna launch that book study kind of in two waves. Uh, the first wave will be for GUHSD teachers only. If you just wanna um, get together with with lo- you know local like-minded colleagues. Um, And we're going to do a second wave of it in July where we sort of broaden it out to the greater education universe. And uh, if you are more inclined to uh, social interaction and wanting to get input from outside our district and see what people all over the U.S. are doing, um, you might be more interested in the the July read-through. Um, we'll, of course, be doing things mostly via, via Zoom because we can't get together in person, um, but maybe a little uh, throw in a little Twitter chat on the side, but um, that's coming June and July. And if you are a Grossmont teacher, we are going to uh, offer you the book. So look for more information or email me um, if you are interested. There'll be a quick survey coming out. Just if you're interested, just quick Google form to shoot me your info. And you can look for that uh, via social media and uh, incoming newsletters. So we're excited to announce that Tech Like a Pirate book study. We've also got some Schoology training over the summer. The feedback that we got from y'all was that many of you are recognizing the need during distance learning to have that hub like Dan and I were talking about. So we've got some opportunities coming your way. Um, Schoology training is going to kind of be in four courses. Schoology 100 is just an intro to Schoology and Schoology 200 will be sort of what is digital lesson planning, online teaching and learning look like. Um, And we're going to have opportunities for teachers who'd like to participate in either of those um, over the summer via some online modules that you can do self-paced and maybe even some opportunities uh, to join like a summer camp via Zoom kind of thing. So more info on that to come. Uh, We also have a couple of quick announcements as we wrap up the cast. Uh, Some staffing changes up here at the central office. Yes, so we have uh, two curriculum specialists coming on board in subject areas. We have uh, Sophia Jacoub, who's taking on the ELA curriculum specialist role, which has not been in existence for a few years. Uh, And she's going to help with the OER work and literacy plans and lots of other things around uh, uh, ELA. And then we have Brian Meyer, who is coming in to replace our good friend uh, John Beret, who uh, you know, has left a hole in all of our hearts, and Absolutely. John is going to do the best he can to uh, fill those big shoes. And and uh, he's he's a fantastic guy who who uh, really understands math and understands people, and and looking forward to uh, getting to know him uh, know him well. He was in the Escondido School District for the last seven years, doing a similar job. So he brings a lot of cool. experience 
um, and and actually a knowledge of, of John. He was he was good friends with John as well. So. Yeah. Uh, happy to have him. And then over in the... Yeah, I mean, speaking of a wealth of knowledge, uh, we are sad to bid adieu to our very good friend, uh, Franz Ries, who has been with us for a number of years up here, uh, really made an imprint here on us, but uh, our district as a whole as a DLC for the last few years. So it is his turn to rotate back to the classroom. Uh, so there'll be... Uh, Super lucky to have him, excited for those kids that'll get to have Franz as a teacher next year. And we are excited to welcome Brent Inerba from El Cajon Valley High School to our team along with Matt and Travis. Um, and, and all of them are busy working on supporting you and uh, building out you know, upcoming opportunities for you as well. So we're excited. We've got a we've got a great team, and uh, we've we've lost a few uh, good friends from the daily work here at the central office. But um, you know, both both John and Franz will will continue to leave a legacy in different ways, for Absolutely. sure, yep. for sure. Um, and it looks like I, I inadvertently on our agenda skipped over your book study. How did I do that? I, I don't know. It's oh, okay. Man. It's okay. <laughs> uh, so I'll just throw it in real quick. Uh, we, you know. Part of the work that we'll be doing over the summer and into the fall is we're going to continue talking about equity uh, and and UDL and trying to make sure we're serving all of our students uh, in a way that that uh, best you know fits the needs of those mm. students. And so cultural competency is going to continue. There's been some work going on this year. Uh, UDL is going to expand it, and we're going to actually focus a little bit on UDL in a distance learning environment as well. Uh, and then and then grading and mm. and if there's something that gets people fired up it can be grading and not necessarily fired up in an angry sort of way but it brings out a lot of people's passions and priorities uh, and and it's time for us to really really think about that I think if there's one thing the grading policy exacerbated was uh, inconsistencies in in how we grade uh, across subject areas even sometimes within subject areas so there's a great book called uh, Grading for Equity by a guy named Joe Feldman, and uh, we're going to do a book study on that. And so if you're interested in in having a conversation about grading uh, and, and in a, a way that maybe gets us to rethink things like late policies and and participation and, and even categories, uh, this is this is for you. And, uh, you know, it's going to bring up some discussions and and. Uh, I look forward to, to hearing hearing people's thoughts on some of some yeah. of this work. So, and more information to follow on that. Uh, and, and again, if you are in UHSD, we have a copy of the book for the first fifty people who participated cool. who want to participate. Cool. So, no shortage of opportunities if you want to keep uh, you know keep yourself in the zone or sharpen some skills or. Uh, you know, continue the, the planning and growth over the summer. We're going to have lots to offer you, um, and we look forward to sharing more info and details with you. Um, we will most likely be back over the summer, though I'm not sure what the format of the, the cast will look like over the summer, but uh, we'll be back for you and, and be ready to share more a little bit with you over the summer. Um, thank you for all you do for students every day and uh, for tuning into the podcast. And uh, you'll be on our minds on June 4th as, you know, as, as most of us probably had our last day of school traditions. Um, did you have a last day of school tradition, Dan? I, I did. Okay, let's yeah. hear it. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I'm forgetting. I had something. Uh, no, no, we just talked about, about uh, you know, uh, becoming a, a positive influence in, in your world and 
and uh, and and I, I ended with a quote, and I'm just gonna say it. I, okay. You know, don't let the bastards grind you down. Okay. Uh, and uh, and there, there's a couple origins of that, but uh, but then I also said, don't be a bastard. So you know, and after a year Please, of sophomores, you. you can kind of get away with that in a social <laughs> studies class. I don't know that maybe everybody. Uh, uh, can do that, but that was, uh, yeah. you know, kind of how we ended uh, a year of world history, and uh, and and you know reflected on on what we learned and yeah. uh, what we're going to learn next. Yeah, brilliant. What about you? Well, you know, I was an eighth grade teacher for a really long time, and so our last day of school was always promotion and just that vibe of uh, promoting with the students, and then they'd all come back to the classroom and. Um, you know, really it was to pick up their their final progress report and any portfolios and work and stuff, but um, just the vibe that happened uh, in in that hour, hour and a half in, in your classroom of kids coming to say goodbye and say thank you and get hugs and, um, you know, it, it was just, uh, it will always be uh, precious to me and I can feel it in every last day of school everywhere, no matter what grade you teach. There's that vibe of uh, accomplishment and thank you from the students and families. And so I hope you're experiencing that in some way during this weird time. Yep. Send them a video. Send them a video. Send them a screencast. (laughs) Why not? Hey, uh, thanks for tuning in. As always, uh, you can reach us uh, via email, probably the best way. I am Tiffany, T-I-F-F-A-N-I, Brown, B-R-O-W-N, at G-U-H-S-D.net, and... Uh, D McDowell, D-M-C-D-O-W-E-L-L, at G-U-H-S-D.net. Hey, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, Have a great summer, and we will get uh, more info out to you soon, and see you soon for another cast.